Greetings, listeners, domestic, international, and extraterrestrial. I'm Dave Reed. And I'm Kristen Riley. And this is The Cast Files. I am a nerd who has somehow never seen The X-Files. And I watched it when it originally aired. The Cast Files is a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of The X-Files, spoiler-free. Today we are talking about Season 2, Episode 14, The Hand de Verletzt, <laughs> or The Hand the Injured. It originally aired January 27th, 1994. Editor's note, it was 1995. A mere four days after your 12th birthday. Wow, telling everybody my business. <laughs> it was written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong back together again and directed by Kim Manners. Yes. A name I recognized, so I looked her up. And uh, unfortunately, she is no longer with us. Oh, well, I have a little bit about her. This is the first X-Files episode directed by Kim Manners, who went on to be the series' most prolific director. Yeah, she directed like 57 Wow. or something like that. She also directed seven episodes of Briscoe County Jr. Oh, huh. Did you know that this would be the last episode Glenn Morgan and James Wong would write before leaving the show to create Space Above and Beyond? I did not. How would you summarize this episode? How would I summarize the episode? Uh, Satan? (laughs) Visits New Hampshire? I guess so. So the X-Files fandom summarized this as, after a teenager is ritualistically murdered in a small town, Mulder and Scully are caught up in a secret occult practice within the local PTA and a substitute teacher with odd powers. Very odd. Yep. IMDb and Hulu had the same one on this one, and they just said, the agents investigate a murder in a small town populated by devil worshippers. Populated by? Yeah, I don't know if I would say it's populated by. There's like four of them. <laughs> right. I saw four and then, I guess, Satan's partner. Yeah. I guess the mother was also a Satan worshiper, even though she was not part of the... She didn't really say she was. She wasn't, but he was using her children. Well, that doesn't mean she knew. No, I agree. Unclear. So the production, do you not want me to tell you what it means in German, according to the production? I told you what it means in German. It means the hand, the injured. Well, this says, the Wikipedia says, stands for the hand that wounds... Seine Hand ist die Wunde. That is, his is the hand that wounds. Ah, okay. So, Wikipedia is wrong. Ironically, the German title of the episode was translated simply as Satan. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> I think it's straightforward. Or should, they should have done it in English. His is the hand that wounds. That would have been great, yeah. All right, so the cast. Keelan Johnson is Deborah Brown, previously played Dr. Sheila Braun in the X-Files episode, Born Again. Mm-hmm. Michelle Goodger played Barbara Ashbury, the mother. Okay. Previously played Sister Abigail in the X-Files episode, Genderbender. Oh, good. Don't remember her at all. Don't remember a sister. Some of them at the compound were ladies. Some of them were ladies? Well, I guess they were all... Gender fluid. No, Sister Abigail as in sister being the title, like a nun. Yeah, they were all brother and sister. Oh, okay. I told you I didn't remember. No, you're lucky. Doug Abrams as uh, Paul Vitaris. Previously played Patrolman Number 1 in the X-Files episode Pilot, 
and agent number two in Genderbender. So those are the people that we had recast. We also have Dan Butler. He is one of those really familiar face guys. He was in The Silence of the Lambs. Ah. He was also on Frasier. That's where I know him from. (laughs) He was Mad Dog on Frasier. We have Susan Blomert. Yeah, another very recognizable face. She's on The Blacklist, which is where I recognize that's, her from. Yep, that's where I recognize her. Also in Pet Cemetery. Oh. 1989. Oh, the original. Nice. Yeah. I gave the date after I realized, oh, there's others of these. And then Heather McComb is one of the daughters, and she is known for this movie with um, the Ray, Scream Guy on it. Ray Donovan. Well, I didn't want to read it. It's the Scream Guy. It's scream Guy, Leave Schreiber. Yep. It sure is. And that's all. I don't know any of those other movies. Uh, the girl who played Andrea was also uh, Daisy, Daisy Adair in Dead Like Me. Oh, okay. There were a lot of people that went on to become people yeah. in this episode. How did you like this episode? Well, coming off the last few, I guess I'm going to be generous and give it a thumbs up. Yeah. I was in... And then I was out. Yeah, yeah. And then I was in again. Yeah, that's about how it went for me, too. And um, you'll see where I was out because there's trigger warnings in place. And then you'll see where I was in again because it was my favorite thing that's happened <laughs> in all of season two. So how did Chris Carter feel about this episode? Oh, he loved it. He thinks it's the greatest episode that's ever been done on television. What he said was, quote, It was a fun script that turned this big corner when the girl had the emotional breakdown it suddenly became a very creepy dark disturbing episode it It was vintage glenn and jim and we had a great great performance by the guest stars a really good solid episode that actually veered a little more toward the horror genre but it worked because of Mulder and scully unquote (laughs) moses agrees or disagrees it's hard to tell (laughs) i think he's just calling to the sams All right, you ready to get into this one? Yes, please. We start off in the fictional Milford Haven, New Hampshire. A four-person high school parent-teacher committee meet to discuss various social events. If you've ever been to a PTA meeting, there are more than four people, and they usually have the lights on. Well, that's just boring. Well... You can't call to four corners if there's more than four people. It's true. They actually don't ever call to the four corners. Hacks. Right. The adults appear to be socially conservative, debating whether students should perform the musical Grease, hate it, <laughs> or Jesus Christ Superstar, don't know anything about it, because the former uses the F word and the latter is air quotes, not air quotes. <laughs> I'm saying air quotes. I'm just, it's just quotes. <laughs> is not appropriate for this high school. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know anything about Jesus Christ Superstar. Is it? pro-religion and that's why they don't want it in that high school i have no idea yeah me neither how many sexual assaults do you think are in jesus christ superstar uh i don't know how many sexual assaults are in greece uh hmm. i I don't know if they show any but they definitely sing about it they really do sing about it so (laughs) i hate greece anyway when the group ends the meeting in a prayer they light a candle and recite a black magic chant to the lords of darkness Hail Satan. And they close a door, and we see a glow around the door, and it's supposed to be super scary, but it's just black. Everything's just dark, because it's the X-Files. Everything's dark. But did you catch? 
Here's a bit about the production. The high school where this uh, much of this episode takes place is named Crowley High School. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Presumably after Aleister Crowley, whose theories on magic with a K shocked his contemporaries and heavily influenced modern Wicca. Did you ever practice Wicca in your teenhood? Uh, no, straight up Satanism. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. No, not Wikipedia. Or Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> not, not Wiccan, Wiccanism, but yeah, uh, straight up Satan. Wow. Why are you looking up the Super Bowl? Because a couple of the producers' names were changed in the credits. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what their names were, but it was like somebody, Chargers, exclamation point, last name, and then first name, Go Bolts, last name. So I was thinking, were the Chargers in the Super Bowl, and that's why they were, and that's why they were uh, doing that? And yes, the, oh. the Chargers were in the Super Bowl that that year. And the Lightning, the hockey team, the Lightning, <laughs> yes. Tampa Bay Lightning, were also in the Super Bowl. It was a very stormy themed Super Bowl. Strange. The Chargers have a lightning bolt on their helmet. I can't know. Because I guess it's electricity Chargers. Well, we already have the lightning, so. Yeah, that's true, but they had the Chargers first. It doesn't matter. I didn't know about them first, so they didn't <laughs> exist. All right. <laughs> All right, so later a group of students go out into the woods at night to play with black magic at a witch's altar. An attempt for the two boys to score with the girls. Yeah, yeah. Which honestly, good move for the 90s. The whole time that they were doing this, I was like, oh no, this makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know... Ugh. I was super into the whitewashed Wicca in my teens, <laughs> and I understand that it's problematic, and I was appropriating things, but I was also like 13 and didn't know any better, and I was trying to find my power. I don't think you're appropriating Wicca. It's That's a white person thing. It's ancient white people stuff. <laughs> well, I definitely wasn't doing it right. So, uh, honestly, having the boys be involved and leading the charge, you're like, girls, I know what girls like. What a teenage girls like in the 90s. Oh my God. Witches. Dumb witchcraft. Witches and stuff. So what are we going to do? We're going to tell the girls that we have a witch altar. Yeah. And we're going to take them out there and we're going to make out in the woods. It's good stuff. I'm, good job. Yeah. Like, I've been on dates with people who have put in much less work. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Damn it. Their reading from a black magic book causes unexplainable things to happen, causing all but one of the teenagers to flee. Andrea, one of the girls, recites the Lord's Prayer as she runs away. Andrea is the one that was giving Dave a Gingrich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we both looked at each other like, well, obviously that's a boner, but like, how do we back into this being a boner? <laughs> how, can we, how can we reverse engineer Gingrich to be boner? And all I got was, well, Newt Gingrich is a dick. I guess... But wouldn't he just already have a dick? She's given me a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know children's slang. <laughs> I was that age at that time. I can tell you I never once said that girl's giving me a Gingrich. <sighs> what did you say? Uh, oh, unfortunately, I said... Schwing! Oh no! Schwing! Schwing! 
tentpole. She's a babe. She's magically babelicious. I forgot about that. Yeah. Ugh. That was the height of uh, boner talk at the time. Wow. Well, um, I'm going to run away with Andrea and recite the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> go for it. The remaining teen, Jerry Stevens, is choked to death by an unseen force. His mutilated body is discovered the next day, leading Mulder and Scully to investigate. The body desecration doesn't phase Scully in this episode even a little bit. Well, it was a boy. Is that why? Yeah, it was a boy, so it's okay. You can desecrate boys' bodies. Oh, okay. I didn't know what the rules were. The cops admit to not doing their jobs because they have the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> That's, yes. So Scully finds a piece of the book that the boys were reading from and notices a purple smudge, which is what library books used as their ink, and decides that it's a library book from somewhere and the last two words are in America. <laughs> yep. They, the agents have a discussion about Scully is saying this is just a murder. Murderers desecrate bodies all the time. Mulder's like... But, 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 everybody's scared, so maybe it's something else. And then frogs start raining from the sky. It's raining frogs. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's raining frogs. And I was too busy admiring Jillian Anderson's, just Jillian Anderson in this scene. She looks freaking amazing in this scene. I don't know if it's the makeup or the lighting or what. Just, she looks fresh-faced and, like, she is ready to get out there and, and do the damn thing. And then frogs start falling on her. <laughs> she got a babysitter <laughs> for the first time since that kid was born. And finally slept. Yep. Yeah. She looked amazing. But the frogs are alive in case you're concerned because I was afraid that they were going to be dead frogs all over the ground. Well, because they were thro just throwing plastic frogs <laughs> yeah. at their umbrellas. Did you see how heavy one of those frogs was? <laughs> yeah. Mulder almost lost his, par his parachute. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. His umbrella because one of them was so heavy. But he does, Mulder does make a parachute joke that really got me. It was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it was real dumb and it really got you. I think I was more shocked that I actually kind of laughed that I laughed harder. Yeah. I shocked myself. So the agent found that scrap of the Black Magic book in the woods, the one from the library, and they're able to trace it back to the school library somehow. Is there only one library in this whole town? I don't know. I feel like that wouldn't be enough to go on. But whatever they find, they find it. The checkout card is for a book titled Witch Hunt, colon, A History of the Occult in America. It's not a real book, unfortunately. I did Google oh, it. Oh, boo. Because I was going to order it on um, thrift books. <laughs> and then just look at it and never read it, probably. Because that's what I keep doing for books on this around this series. Um, it was last checked out by Dave Duran, the surviving boy from the woods. Because remember, we had two boys, two girls. One of the boys died. One of the boys checked out this book. So the agents go to find Dave. They enter the science class to speak to him. And he's clearly nervous because his friend was just murdered. He tries to climb out a window, but it's one of those 80s school windows that open kind of like kind of in about six inches and that's it. This one opened out. Oh, did it? That seems like a weird way to... I think he could have made it, but it would have taken too long. And that's why Mulder got to him. Yeah. Mulder pulls him back in by his shoes. In They take him out of that classroom. And in another room, he retells the fateful night's events to the agents. While he's doing that, one of the faculty members, Jim Ash 
Asbury, oh, I wrote Ashbury everywhere else, suspects that one of his colleagues killed the boy, but the others believe it was an outside force. There's some sort of spirit here. Probably because this whole town is populated by... Yes. Devil worshippers? And maybe Dave and Jerry actually summoned Azazel. Oh, maybe. Mulder tries drinking from the fountain after they talk to Dave, and it drains wrong. So he doesn't drink it, and he's probably still thirsty to this day. (laughs) Uh, You don't think he absorbs any of that rain? Oh my gosh, it was raining this entire episode, which is hilarious. Because David Duchovny was miserable. But it did get me thinking, okay, so he doesn't drink out of the water fountain in the school. Where did we get water in 1995? Water fountains. Right. If you're not going to drink out of the water fountains, where did you get water during the day? You don't. Bottled water wasn't a thing and water bottles weren't a thing. No, you got water from water fountains. And if you refused to drink out of a water fountain, you just didn't get to drink. So basically what we're saying is in the 90s, everyone was dehydrated. Yeah. (laughs) Unknown to the agents, substitute teacher Mrs. Paddock is behind the murder. It's it's not a spoiler because she just opens her desk drawer and we see the eyes and the heart from... Just got them chilling in the, in the desk. Just out. Just at room temperature. Yeah. Ugh. I feel like room temperature body parts is not the way to go. Yeah, it'd be all coagulating. Mm-hmm. In a little bit, um, I don't know how much time passes, but Mulder goes into Calcagni's office and I guess he's a doctor... It's he a, must be. Yeah, because Mulder says, when he's flipping through notes, he says, Your records indicate a high incidence of students complaining of depression, headaches, eating disorders. And at almost at the same time as Calcagni says, I say, this is high school. And I was like, I did that little, my eyes see your eyes. Yeah. He says, this is high school. Uh, it's normal for students to act abnormal. Yeah, it's normal for students to display abnormal behavior. Which, fine, but... Honestly, in high school, depression, headaches, and eating disorders, that's what high school is. Same, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Which of those three did you have? Because I think I had all of them. (laughs) Uh, Probably headaches. I don't think I had depression in high school. Fucking privilege. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't have an eating disorder in high school. Well, well, well. Look who's special here. Fucking hell yeah, me in high school. <laughs> so, you guys, if you know anybody or had hard, if you know anybody in high school or had a hard time in high school, high school's hard. It's okay. That's normal. It's normal to be abnormal in high school. Yeah, just like Dr. Satan says. Mulder says, I'm assuming you're familiar with the early indications of repressed memory. Boo. Yep, and then we turned off the TV and we watched something else because, seriously, (laughs) come on. So tired of that. So tired. Also, are the indications of repressed memory, depression, headaches, and eating disorders? Could be. Calcagni says just because a student has a headache doesn't mean he's repressing a memory, which is true. We've already determined that everybody in the 90s was dehydrated. Yes. It really does answer for all of the headaches. Uh Uh-huh. That, people reading... Too much without the right corrective uh, lenses. We had glasses in the 90s. I know, but I didn't go, I didn't get contacts until college. I got contacts in like 1993. Well, I have contacts now and thankfully, but I had headaches in high school because I was straining my eyes constantly. Look at you and your privilege. Yeah, my 
Pointing out your high school privilege of going, oh, I can't see right. Let me go to the eye doctor. It's nice that you had somebody you could talk to about it. (laughs) My teacher, I I raised my hand. I said, hey, I can't read that. She said, okay, come sit up here. And then she talked to my parents. Oh, how lovely. If you say so, she was one of the worst teachers I ever had. Wow. But you got corrective lenses. Yeah, I did get ugly ass glasses out of it. All right, after the repressed memory nonsense, Mulder and Scully have a decent conversation about how witches, occultists, and the Church of Satan aren't actually evil. That was pretty nice. It was it was a nice little injection of, oh. Realism? Yeah. It was also nice that they didn't bring in Dr. Heitzverber oh. to do past regression memory hypnosis garbage or whatever. They didn't have to because she starts remembering. Oh, uh, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> also nice. Yeah. They go back to class. We're in Mrs. Uh, I've lost her name. Paddock. Mrs. Pack? Paddock. Paddock. Mrs. Paddock's classroom. Ashbury's stepdaughter, Shannon, is one of the girls from the woods, and she suffers a breakdown during science class while they begin to dissect a pig fetus. But did you notice it's not a pig fetus? It's actually a boar because of the cloven hooves. Oh, yeah, because that's what... The acidactyl family or whatever she said. Right. But I was like, nice and subtle because Satan and the cloven hooves mm-hmm. and I didn't know pigs didn't have cloven hooves. Me neither. I thought they did. I thought they did too. Because wild pigs are just pigs, but wild. They're boar. Yeah. But if you take a docile pig and put it out in the wild, it grows hair and tusks. It what? turns. I promise. How many experiments have you run? Several. Why? Double blind. <laughs> so you actually don't know if it worked or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what double blind means. <laughs> you were blind and so were the pigs. <laughs> yeah, I poked everybody's eyes out. <laughs> Just like at the beginning of this episode. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, while she's, while her friend or whatever her classmate is opens up the pig fetus shannon starts seeing the animal regenerate its heart starts beating it's pretty gross it It was was all very moist moist (laughs) and you mentioned this before i was going to ask how many animals did you have to dissect in school i remember dissecting a worm i think maybe i did a frog but i'm not sure did not do the pig and did not do the cat I remember we did the, I don't remember a worm. I remember owl pellets back in elementary yeah, school. did the owl pellets. Um, we had a frog dissection, but I remember the biology teacher doing the dissection, but it was a real frog and it was alive at the beginning and it wasn't at the end. Oh, geez. Yeah, it was, why did we do this? And then... Science! Right. And then there was a... Was there a pig? I don't remember. I don't think there was a pig. We did have to dissect cats. Oh, no, we did have to dissect frogs, too, but I got out of the frogs' life with trauma. Yeah. And then the cats, I was... I think I've mentioned this before, or I've told you about it. I was paired up with the high school student who was determined to go to medical school right after high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that really worked out for me. Yep. She was going to do all of the dissecting, and I was going to do all of the little flag putting in because you had to identify where all of the things were and it worked out well 
That would work out well. That was biology two, and you didn't have to take biology two. Yeah, that's that's true. That's that was us. Ours was biology honors or whatever. Yeah. The frog was regular bio, mm-hmm. and then the cats were bio two. I know and I did did biology one, and I did physics. I think maybe I did advanced physics as well. Not me, man. Did I, I don't think I did four years of science. Hmm. I think I only did three years of science. Maybe only two. I don't remember. Man, I don't know. I do not know. I remember biology and biology too because I loved Mr. McDermott. Everybody loved Mr. McDermott. Greatest teacher. I think I one of the greatest teachers I've ever had. And I took bio two because I wasn't sure if I was going to medical school or not. I was kind of like, hmm, maybe, but I did want to have him again. Uh-huh. Because he was just the real world equivalent of um Edward James Almost and Stand By Me. I don't know. I don't know that character. <laughs> Tom Berenger in The Substitute? <laughs> I was thinking he would crack wise like uh, Robin Williams. Oh, in Dead Poets Society? I've not seen that movie, so I don't know. You haven't? No. Oh my god, we have to watch it. Uh, do we have to? Yes. It doesn't seem something I'm going to be interested in. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to this. So she, uh, Shannon has uh, a hard time with the fetal pig dissection, screams, just screams in class, which I think at that point I would never come back to school again. (laughs) It's time for me to transfer. But the thing is, apparently she's remembering. Somehow that's what Mulder thinks out of nowhere. Well, he's already said... Repressed memories? Ah, he did. You're right. It didn't come out of nowhere. It just nope. seemed like it. So that's that's what's happening here. And then we get into the trigger warning area, but I'm actually just going to blow through this part. This is the part of the episode that I was like, I'm out. Yeah, we were doing so well. Yeah. So this next part is Shannon retelling her, air quotes, repressed memories to Mulder and Scully. And there's rape, pedophilia, child murder, and child death included. It's a lot, and it goes on forever. For so long. I, we took a break when our food arrived and rewatched a bit, and I had to fast forward it because it just kept going on. It was a lot. So there's that whole piece which the X-Files needs to stop doing. Really, really would appreciate it. Yeah. If there was just no more sexual assault in the X-Files. I'm really tired of this being spooky SVU. Yeah. Well, what happens is after they hear the story from Shannon, they hear her uh, her recollections, the agents go to confront Asbury. Ashbury. Asbury? I think it's Osbury. Osbury? Like A-U-S-B-U-R-Y. Osbury's like the birds that I see all the time? Nope. Nothing like that. Mm. Well, in the retelling, Shannon said that her stepfather, Osbury did a lot of this stuff to her. And so the agents go to talk to him and confront him about the accusations. He is shocked and denies them. Shannon's mother, who was not implicated, but was present for the questioning, denies the pregnancy stories because that was also part of it. She does admit to the sister's death, which was another part of it, but it turns out that rather than the child being eight years old, the child was eight weeks old. And it seems like just a horrible situation. Yeah. So many of her, yeah, quote, repressed memories are just easily disproven. Yes. But it's it's a lot. 
this whole section is a lot. I do appreciate bold molder in the kitchen, though. So, <laughs> Did you do it? <laughs> he literally, they separate the, the mother and father, and Mulder actually says that line. Did you do it? Yeah, it's good. Oh, and Asbury... Doesn't I, deny it. He doesn't he deny it. He just gets mad. He got mad, and he squished that glass, and I giggled both times because it was <laughs> so absurd. I do love when someone is just holding a glass and crushes it with their hand. Oh, do you? Yes. Oh, I can do it later if you want. Can you? Yeah. All right, don't use my pint glass for my my race. No, that's too thick. I know. I don't think we have anything that you could do. We oh, could... yeah, we definitely, yeah. Our plastic glasses. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have this set that was like 12 different styles of pint glasses. Oh. Well, it was 12 pint glasses, like three different styles, but... Some of those I can very easily just... There's built flimsily. Ah, I love it. It was great. Did you do it? Crush! And then uh, Mulder goes to open the basement door, which is a very cool-looking door. I don't know if you appreciated the door, but it was like a, a barn door, but for yeah, the basement. Yeah, like the hardware was like outdoor hardware. Yeah, I liked it. I don't know. It was an aesthetic I appreciated. And when he opens the door to the basement, he looks down into the pit of... Despair. Yes, <laughs> despair. And Osbury starts spouting... What is it? Scripture? He does, Not really. He just says something about vengeance of God, which isn't scripture. But I, Mulder says even the devil can cite scripture when it suits his needs. They and, get real weird religious. Like, I don't know if Glenn Morgan and James Wong are actually religious people. I don't know, but this is where I was thinking, or where I commented, wouldn't the devil be the most religious person? The most Christian person? He would definitely have the most faith. Right? Because he's constantly up against God and Jesus? Yeah. See, here's the difference, though. Jesus is not his Lord and Savior. Is that why he's wrong? Yeah. That's why he's not Christian. Because in Christianity, you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Satan wouldn't do that. That's true, because it would make no sense for him. The same definitely believes in God. Yes. The same God as the Christian God. Yes. Huh. Let's move on. All right. So that, that whole scene happens. Mulder leaves. Mulder and Scully both leave. And then we see a shot at the school, because Shannon is not at her house right now. They The agents say that she's staying with friends, but then it turns out that she's just at school. I don't know. There aren't timestamps on this one. I don't know how much it time It has passing. to be the next day. I guess. Uh, there's a trigger warning here also for suicide. So if you don't want to listen to that, skip ahead or just come back next week. <laughs> I, sw- <laughs> I swear. Actually, skip to the end because I've got a I've got some stuff about the religious aspects of this and what a couple of different people who wrote books about it say. Oh, cool. So Shannon stays after school to make up for her assignment about uh, dissecting the pig because she obviously didn't stay the day before. Mrs. Paddock takes her bracelet saying, Pat, 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 I understand that this is hard for you, but maybe I should have your jewelry so it doesn't get lost in the pig guts. Seems unlikely. Which also seems like you could have said that in a more delicate way. No? Yeah. Well, whatever. But uh, Shannon gives her the bracelet. She, Mrs. Paddock says she will be in her office if she needs anything, if Shannon needs anything. And... Come on, don't give something near and dear to you, a possession of yours, to an evil person. They're going to do bad things to it. 
Might as well give her a lock of your hair. Mm, so this was all Shannon's fault? I Absolutely. Well, Shannon doesn't make it out of this bad mistake. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Learn from it, I hope. She can't. No, you. What are you going to do? Oh, and not go back to high school. That's for damn sure. All right, and don't give evil people precious possessions of yours. I don't. Or locks of your hair. Or (laughs) nail clippings. (laughs) Or blood. Definitely not blood. Mm, Try try to make sure they don't know your whole name. That's true. That's big. You give blood, though. I do. I think you're fucked. I'm overdue. I need to give blood again. You do, but also, you shouldn't tell them your name when you give them your blood. <laughs> I'm <a fake> name. <laughs> the, the, are we insinuating the Red Cross is Satanists? I don't know. <laughs> I don't give it the Red Cross, though. Oh, who do you give it to? Just uh, some guy on the street? <laughs> yeah. I think we talked about this in an early episode. I think so, too. I, I like, imagine you shopping bags, shopping of bags full of blood. blood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we were funny back then. <laughs> the show was better back then. <laughs> well, uh, Mrs. Paddock does a ritual and using Shannon's bracelet and compels Shannon to cut her wrists with the dissection scalpel. She dies immediately. Yeah. I actually, I actually wasn't sure if she was going to come out of this until I think the next scene when they're like, my dead daughter. And I was like, oh, fuck, she died? Yeah. Yeah, she lost less blood than I do when I give blood. Yeah. It was, it was a lot. And then the, this, um, how did you think of the framing? What did you think of the framing of the body on the floor? So she's laying on the floor and there's a little bit of blood on the floor and then they've, Put the pig fetus in the corner. Yeah. With its little tail. It was a thing. It was a shot. I wanted to squeak that squeaky pig toy so much. <laughs> oh, we didn't say when Mrs. Paddock was passing out the fetuses in the class bef- the first time. How she just tosses a pig fetus in the tank with the snake. Yeah. And it just bounces. <laughs> it's, it is a scene. It's a, it's a lot. But that was Chekhov's snake. Yes, it was. So we're through most of the rough stuff. I don't, I don't have any more trigger warnings, so I'm sorry if I miss some stuff. But um, those were all the big ones. So Shannon dies. Asbury learns that the other faculty members plan to use Shannon as a scapegoat for the death of the boy at the beginning, whose name I've deleted because apparently, whoops. <laughs> Jerry Stevens. That's it. I had the J, but I forgot what, and I was just going to start naming people. And then I thought that would be rude. So good good job, you. So the three other devil worshippers are saying, this is great. We can use her as the scapegoat. We'll say that she cut out his eyes because she was jealous of him looking at other girls. And, and she cut out his heart. Because she was heartbroken. Yep. And Asbury's like, um, we're not going to use my dead daughter as a scapegoat, you crazy creeps. Uh, he didn't say that to them. He didn't, but his eyes said he that to the camera. went behind their backs and talked to the feds. He did. He is a snitch. Meanwhile, Scully is researching Mrs. Paddock, and she finds that no one knows anything about her. Nothing about her background. They don't know how she was hired. And then there's a line where Scully says, ah, it's probably just bureaucracy. It's no big deal. She's definitely not 
a problem. And then she says the teacher that Mrs. Paddock is replacing has developed flesh-eating bacteria. Om nom nom. And Mulder looks fucking delighted. <laughs> yeah, it's because you don't hear about that every day. Yeah, he's like, ha how exciting. Let's go talk about that. <laughs> Unless you live near Sarasota. Oh my gosh, right? But I don't know about in 1995. Yeah, probably not then. Now, now it's like at least one case a year. Oh no, that's where we're going for a regatta in a couple weeks. Yikes. Yeah. During a sudden power outage. Oh, because it has been raining the entire episode. It was raining when the kids were out at the witch altar. It was raining anytime Mulder's been outside, which if you recall, Mulder had hated Canada because it was raining all the time. And so now it's just, it's a delightful little Easter egg for me every time that it's raining on him because I know he's miserable. (laughs) That's why his next big show was in California. Yeah, he was like, get me to the drought. (laughs) (laughs) And to be fair, I don't want David Duchovny to be just ridiculously uncomfortable constantly. But knowing that he complained about it and it made him super famous is just silly. Especially when they keep triggering me in all of their episodes. I (laughs) I can giggle about rain. Um, So the power goes out because of a storm. A storm that, may I say, was bigger than the storm in the beginning of the mist that we watched last night <laughs> okay if you say so it was because there was a little bit of thunder and then trees yeah. blew into everybody's it was crazy big storm there there wasn't any wind sounds it made the military base go wonky it's true the storm is what made everything bad happen i think it was the military that made everything bad happen. no it was the storm happening at the military base that made everything did the bad storm happen. come out of the thin no, the thinny? No. <laughs> we just watched The Mist. I'd never seen it before. Uh, but this storm was bigger than that storm. If you say so. I do say so. Didn't you hear me? Like four times now. And so the power goes out. It stays out for the rest of the episode. Mrs. Paddock steals Scully's pen. At some point, Mulder leaves the school to investigate Asbury's basement. And Asbury just... Does the reverse gif of Homer Simpson going into the the bushes, but he like reverse the, reverses that and shows up in the basement. <laughs> He's standing in the dark, waiting for a dramatic moment to reveal himself. It was dramatic. It was nice. It was smart. That's a Satanist mind for you right there. Is it? Yeah. Asbury talks about how he's had a crisis of faith and explains the whole four people in their devil worshiping circle to Mulder. Four people whose records are also clean. So Scully would not have found anything on them either. That's true. Very true. She just leaps to the conclusion that, ah, I can't find anything on her. She's fine. If you haven't already committed a crime, you're not going to commit a crime. That's come up before. Yeah. It's a repeat. It's basically how the law works. Um, Asbury confirms the rituals did happen while Shannon was present when she was a little girl, but said that the exposure to sensational media was what led her to falsely remember the sexual abuse. This man unfairly slanders Geraldo Rivera, the man who found Al Capone's vault. How dare. Um, he confirms using the blood of the innocent during rituals because it's powerful. It is. Then erasing or replacing her memories with false memories. Mm. It's bad. Yeah. He does some really bad stuff to this girl when she was little. Yeah, if you say so. 
He makes her not remember it. That's good. Oh my gosh. But who's gonna tell him later? But it wasn't his fault that she remembered the memories falsely because that was Geraldo's fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was Satan's fault. It's interesting because it does appear to be Satan Or Azazel? Yeah. I Is, think maybe she's Azazel. I think she's Azazel. Azazel would be a helper demon of like Satan. A, a demon of note. Okay. But it's really interesting because Shannon's just, I guess, in Azazel's eyes, Shannon would be part of the cult, too, because she participated in these rituals. The Mm. adults just decided that she didn't have any idea about it, but that doesn't really mean anything if you're worshipping. Or a demon doesn't care if they kill innocent people. But I don't think that it was that. I feel like Shannon was very specifically targeted. Do these other people not have They might not children? have kids. I like how we're both gesturing at each other in an audio podcast. Well, yeah. What are you going to do? Move on. Okay. <laughs> That's when Mrs. Paddock uses Scully's pen to impersonate Scully in a call to Mulder. Mulder's still in the basement hearing all of these stories and Mrs. Paddock pretends to be Scully in trouble, but she doesn't say, hey, Mulder, it's me. So he should have known it wasn't her. I think it's his fault for yep. falling for it. Yep. <laughs> so Mulder handcuffs Asbury in the basement to prevent his possible escape. Says, "I'm you're under arrest. Doesn't say what charge. But does he escape? Doesn't read him his rights. He doesn't escape, though. And then Mulder leaves after handcuffing Asbury two pipes above his head. He's standing the there. The banister. Okay. He's standing there with his arms above his head, poorly sobbing. It's... Well, he's sitting down with one arm up. Was he? Yeah. And yeah, his... Earlier in the episode, I'm thinking Bradley Whitford has the career this guy should have had. I don't know who Bradley he was... Whitford is. You, you do. <laughs> I just said I don't. <laughs> so who's Bradley Whitford? He was in the episode Firewalker. Then he went on to West Wing. I didn't watch West Wing. Was he the Firewalker? Yes, he was the Firewalker with me. <laughs> yeah, don't remember. <laughs> West Wing and uh, uh, the Sunken Place. Uh, Us? No. Oh, Get Out? Get Out, yeah. The Dad and Get Out. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You do know who Bradley Everybody knows who Bradley Whitford is. He's in one third of everything ever. <laughs> that's right. I remember having that conversation. Okay. Well... That guy. So that guy has this guy's career? Yeah. This guy should be in one third of everything ever. Mm. Well, he didn't sell his soul to the right devil, apparently. Nope. He sold his soul to the devil that sends a snake to come eat you. Yes, because this is when I was totally back in. Soon after Mulder leaves, we see Nagini arrive in all her 1995 glory. Nagini? You don't know who Nagini is? Continue, please. (laughs) You don't know who Nagini is? No. From Harry Potter, the snake in Harry Potter. Why would I know that? Everybody knows that. Nagini was in one third of all the Harry Potter movies. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And books. Good. My favorite thing about this is you see the snake arrive and it's a real snake. And then you see the snake and it's definitely not a real snake. And then you see the snake again. And it's, they can't decide what size this snake is. Yeah, the fake snake was a little bit different size than the... It was huge. Oh my gosh. And the shot of, so you see the snake that looks like the snake, actual snake size. It's a boa constrictor. 
And then you see it unhinge its jaw at his foot. It's going to eat him <laughs> shoe first. It's so dumb. And then you see it the next time you see it. It's just it's, bulging. It swallowed his whole body. <laughs> this isn't Anaconda. Anaconda is the only thing where this is allowed. No, I'm here for it. I watched that scene twice because this is what I am here in the X-Files to experience. If I'm going to watch a big snake eat somebody, I need John Voight's probably racist, vague accent. (laughs) The anaconda is the perfect killing machine. Anacondas are a perfect killing machine. They have heat sensors. A warm body like Mateo's in the water. Wasn't hard to find. Mm-hmm. They strike, wrap around you, hold you tighter than your true love, and you get the privilege of hearing your bones break before the power of the embrace causes your veins to explode. I think I cheered when it swallowed him. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. So while this is happening, Mulder arrives at the school where Scully is like, Mulder, what are you doing here? He's like, you're in trouble. And she's like, what? Not this week. <laughs> nope, not in trouble. During this whole, all of this, we've been getting shots of Mrs. Paddock throughout. And once Nagini devours Asbury, Mrs. Paddock's eyes turn into snake eyes. Like the pupils and stuff, not the die roll. Yeah, so she's like set. Channeling. So I don't think Glenn Morgan and James Wong know much about demons either. Because I don't think Azazel is a snake one. Set would be a snake one, but I set i think is egyptian mm. so it wouldn't be i don't know if there's a no there definitely has to be a christian snake because david Tennant played him in good omens <laughs> crowley <laughs> yes Craw- crawley crawley yep so after after all of this there everybody's at the school at this point so Mulder and scully leave the school again and head back to osbury's place they find his skeleton <laughs> it's so bad in the fetal position on the floor but like it's bad but in a really fun way yes oh my gosh when i say it's so bad i mean it's so good yes again this is the x-files i'm here for yeah give me an entire skeleton (laughs) what do they think happened (laughs) and then the entire snakeskin shed yes so this snake apparently sheds every time it eats i guess and Scully lets us know that a regular boa constrictor would take hours to devour a human body and weeks to digest it. And it's been, we don't know how long it's been, but let's say 30 minutes round trip. It's been no time at all. Yeah. We could probably find out because we do have a lot of boa constrictors in the Everglades. Are they boa constrictors? Yeah, I think so. Oh. Big constrictors, yeah. Okay. What do you think they were? Pythons. I thought we had pythons. You know, there's probably pythons, too. And I know there's, like, cobras in Orlando now. There's cobras in Orlando? Yeah, some dipshit let his fucking pet go or something. Now there's, like, multiple cobras in Orlando. You can't have a pet cobra. It wasn't me. Or it isn't anymore. Mm. I didn't want it anymore, but I didn't want Tampa to be infested with cobras. (laughs) So I drove over, chucked it in the Magic Kingdom. Oh my gosh. So after they find his skeleton in the snake skin, they go back to the school. There's a lot of back and forth at this place in this episode. Mm-hmm. The storm has been raging this whole time. It's still raging. The power is still out. They find Mrs. Paddock seemingly after she's been attacked by the faculty members. 
kind of what we're seeing here. She tells the agents that they took the snake and then she learned things about them. Yeah, this is where I think she made a mistake. I do too. She went too far. Yeah, but she sends the agents to the conference room and they go. So, I mean, her mistake didn't really... No. Nothing came of it. Oh, you know, hmm. I think it was a mistake, but she was obviously never planning on Mulder and Scully getting hurt. Right. That's why I was thinking that it's not about being innocent. I think Shannon was implicated because she was used in the rituals before. So I think she's in Satan's mind part of the group, while Mulder and Scully are not part of the group because Mulder and Scully aren't going to be hurt. Well, Jerry Stevens wasn't part of the group either. No, but he is part of the group that called her i guess so i guess if we're gonna say that's when she came i think that's when she arrived okay and because the group was having a crisis they weren't having a crisis of faith they were just kind of lax in their faith (laughs) lax satan worshiping yeah and they said once all of this blows over we have to like really dig down and go to satan church every sunday or whatever whatever day you go saturday Whatever, yeah, whatever they're supposed to do to show that they are actually believers again. I, that's what I think happened. They called, the, the kids called upon Satan accidentally, but it just turns out that there's some lackluster worshipers in this town and Satan's going to show them he doesn't, appre- he doesn't appreciate it. Guess so. All right. Get right with your religion or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, so she sends the agents away. As Mulder and Scully are searching, Scully discovers a bottle with eyeballs in it. (laughs) Not the heart. Not the heart. And the eyeballs were just rolling around inside that drawer before, and now they're in a bottle. Yeah. Well, you know, they started to stink. Probably. They got all coagulated. That's when the faculty members attack and capture the two agents. The faculty members slash devil worshippers are convinced that they need to perform a sacrifice to regain favor with the devil and make up for their diluted faith before it is too late. As they're about to kill Mulder and Scully, Mrs. Paddock is controlling them. And instead of killing Mulder and Scully, the one guy shoots each of his people and then I guess himself. Yep. And then Scully somehow from the ground notices, did you see his face? It was like he was being controlled. And Mulder immediately knows, oh, by Paddock. Like, they completely trusted her 100%, right up until the point that they just didn't. Yes, right up until it was her. But it does uh, does prove that these worshippers were too late to repent. Yeah. And what is the demon's name again? Azazel. Azazel doesn't like you to be late on your payments. Penance is for the weak. Yep, so later days. And the agents escape their bonds. They were in the shower. The showers. And is there anything worse than showers at a high school? All of, it was just a square room with nozzles on the walls and just everybody's asses would be out. It would just be too much naked. What do you want to do? Why, why are you putting a bunch of naked teenagers together in a room? I don't know. I didn't do it. <sighs> I definitely sat out of gym class as much as possible. Hmm. I just didn't take showers after gym. Gross, stinky boy. I didn't stink, though. All teenage boys little, stink. Little deodorant, no, it's fine. All teenage boys stink. I know one that does. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he doesn't know it, so. That's why I think that you also didn't know it. Nah, I think I was fine. <laughs> okay. 
Well, the agents escape their bonds from the shower, and they find Mrs. Paddock missing, with only a parting message on the chalkboard stating, Goodbye. It's been nice working with you. Which means maybe we're going to see her again. That would be cool. That would be cool. I would like that. Me too. So, minus the middle part, rockin' episode. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I appreciate it. I was in for the summoning of demons, and I was in for the Nagini snake. In for it. Yep. So, here's some more detail. Robert Sherman and Lars Pearson, in their book, Wanting to Believe, A Critical Guide to the X-Files, Millennium, and the Lone Gunman, proposed that the episode is a parody of organized religion, most specifically those who follow a religion, but only pay it lip service. Oh, okay. Because, well, I don't know if I agree with that, because it sounds like in the beginning they were actually yeah. serving, and then after a while they got lazy. Yeah. Which everybody does with everything. Yes, that's pretty human. Yeah. The two argue that the principal joke in the episode is, quote, to look at the way religious faith has been so watered down and paid nothing but lip service, its rituals and doctrines reinterpreted so that only what's comfortable is adhered to, unquote. I feel like they're probably bringing a lot more to this episode than... Yeah, I think those guys might be uh, super Christians. Oh, really? That'd be wild. Yeah, that's how they. That's how it comes across to me. Hmm. This is a parody of what Christianity's become when it should be lashing yourself and, you know, chanting and stuff. <laughs> Whatever they do, I don't know. Uh, they do say, they go on to say, the parody is turned on its head. The followers paying lip service in this episode are not stereotypical Christians, but rather devil worshippers. Sherman and Pearson compare Mrs. Paddock which the episode insinuates to be the devil incarnate, or the other or one. Or Azazel. Azazel would make sense. Coming to Milford Haven, New Hampshire, to judge his followers to St. Paul. Coming, oh, okay, so they're comparing Azazel to St. Paul. Quote, coming back and taking a pop at all fair-weather Christians who only affirm their faith at their own convenience, unquote. Is that a thing in the Bible? I don't know. Seems like a dick move. Oh, I don't know. If people are claiming to worship you and then not worshiping you right, I think you should kill them all. Let me clarify. I think it's a dick move to say that it happened at one point in the Bible and then it not happen ever again and everybody can still be fair weather <laughs> Christians and just pretend like it's going to happen versus if, it's, if you're going to do it, just do it. Okay. Once again, the devil makes much more sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, it sounds like these two guys are... Christians and they hate that Christianity isn't old timey anymore. I don't know. I didn't the, read the book. I just found the. They hate that the Pope said atheists can get into heaven. That seems like a whole other podcast. <laughs> okay. Why would atheists want to get into heaven? Well, if heaven was real, then yeah. I mean, where else would you want to go? You wouldn't want to go to hell. Ah. Be tormented for eternity. Purgatory. I... It feels like it would be a lot like this. Don't know if I've ever told you my theory that the rapture actually happened December 21st, 2012. Oh, yeah. And exactly zero people were taken. <laughs> this is end of days shit. Yeah, it makes sense. Why not? <laughs> right? It's not true because they reinterpreted the Mayan calendar and realized that oh, all yeah. the calendars have changed so significantly since that declaration that it never aligns. But Yeah, I think that date actually happened in 2010 sometime. But, you know... Maybe that was when the rapture happened. <laughs> it just... Could have been. Nothing changed. And, no. 
at zero people got taken because zero people are good enough. <sighs> wow. It's just a theory. This sounds like a club I do not want to be a part of. Either of them. They, the raptured and unraptured. <laughs> <laughs> can I have a third option, please? No. How can you have a third option with raptured and unraptured? I don't know. Pseudo-raptured? Please explain. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I'm just thinking of other terms. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have anything good going on this week that has to do with, I don't know, the devil or the rapture or... Well, first of all, I'm going with I'm shipping nobody. Oh, yes. New rule. Anytime sexual assault is involved in an episode, nobody's getting shipped. I like it. I am surviving by being a good Satan worshiper, though. Right? Devout. It really does seem like that would have been the way out. Oh, yeah. I will sacrifice all kinds of stuff. Cats, dogs, fishes, frogs, monkeys. Why? Goats. Are you supposed to sacrifice goats or are goats revered? No, I think you sacrifice goats. You definitely sacrifice goats. And you sacrifice goats in Santeria. But that's but that's a Christian. Santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball. The Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed. Edited by Dave Reed. You can find us on Twitter at CastFiles. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Reed. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at TheCastFiles. That's the with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things. Artistic, wonderful things. We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a T Public store. You can go buy t shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal Six. Logo by at Uka Art. That's O O K A A R T. 